Hello and welcome, heroes, to Crit Academy's Unearthed Tips and Tricks. I'm your host, Justin. I'm your co-host, Ian. I'm your co-host, Brandon. We hope to inspire you with creative content that you can bring with you on your next D&D adventure. Yay. I am really excited for our monster today, you guys. The Arachthalid. Yeah. Arachthalid as in Illithid Plus spider? Plus spider, yes. Is that hot or what? Fuck you, you're, 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 you're mean. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to start with this. To get the stat block rolling, you want to use the Ice Spider Queen from the Storm King's Thunder campaign. If you don't have it, Google it. You'll find it. It's, everywhere. it's, it's really not hard. Fuck the slime puppy. Let's go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do have to lose some features, though, because she is kind of ice-themed. So we're going to get rid of Icy Web, Bite, and Cold Aura. And we're going to give it some new stuff that's going to really make you blow your mind. Yeah. Get it? Because it's a Nilithid. <laughs> I slay myself. So first, the bite is going to be super important because it's also going to grapple the target. And they must succeed on a in 13 uh, intelligence saving throw or be stunned until the grapple ends. Stunning. Wah, wah, wah. Now, while you're stunned, you can't break your own grapple. Nope. Somebody no. has to get you out. But it gets worse. Oh, yeah. Way worse. They get an ability called Extract Brain. When they use it on an incapacitated grappled target, it deals 4d10 piercing damage. And if it reduces the target to zero hit points, it's dead. Yep. Dead. By brain extraction. That's right. Dead. D-E-E. Dead. <laughs> dead. I like it. And of course, we do got to top it off with Mind Blast, right? So the Arachthalid uh, magically emits, you know, the psychic energy, very well known for Illithids, and a 60-foot cone, and each creature must exceed a DC 13 intelligence saving throw or take um, uh, 13 points of psychic damage and is stunned for one minute. Yep. A creature can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns, ending the effect. What do you guys think about this? I think you just gave Brendan nightmares. <laughs> oh, you should see the picture. It's haunting. It is a terrifying it, little the, bastard. I saw the picture on Discord. <laughs> I like it. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> yes, it is. It is quite, because I like elephants. In fact, the... Uh, uh, it's basically a head with spider legs. Yeah. <laughs> you guys use something like this in your games? How would you get the most out of it? So oh. CR three, I think, maybe four. I don't remember. Not particularly strong. Yeah, it's amazing how dangerous some lower CR creatures can be. Yeah, especially when Justin designs um, them. I think using this in a place where spiders normally hang out, that's it, going to get the slip up on uh, adventurers because they're going to come and thinking of, oh, we're going to be fighting giant spiders. Now these are spiders. Let's okay. Let's start metagaming. What do they do? Well, they they got a poisonous bite, so let's watch out for that. Exactly. <laughs> Look out for that webbing. That they come around the corner and they see this fucker looking. I'm like, and then they release like a, a psionic attack and leave you stunned. And then you go, <laughs> and that's it. That's funny. You just shit your pants. Yeah, that's like, that's not a spider. <laughs> and your brain, uh, dude. It's bringing out his head. Huh? It's fuller than I would have expected. What? His head. <laughs> well, I think would be a, a good addition to that is a lot like the intellect devourer. Yeah. Where if uh, it extracts its brain, it can get into the brain cavity and its legs come out the uh, host's back and it becomes a new uh, 
I think they're ridiculous that Tuck only CR2, because what they do. Yeah, they're they're very broken, because they can destroy a party of several levels higher than themselves. Just a, a failed on intelligence, intelligence check. So... And guess what is the most dump stat? Intelligence. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for our monster, uh, the Arachthalid. Um, if you want to know more, you can what become a patron and enjoy our beautiful artwork, the monster stat block, the lore, the flavor, all of it. Brandon, would you like to tell us about this weird-ass encounter from Fucking Andrew on really, Discord? Andrew, yeah, that's what I'm laughing at, the very first two words. Uh, quote, unquote, the explodatorium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somewhere you don't want to be without good reason. Its real name is Gnomish in origin. Uh, but due to the sound that pervades the area and a good half mile around, at least, uh, that name has been forgotten. <laughs> hey, it goes boom! Yep. <laughs> it serves as a testing ground for various technological advances, but most often the tests are military in nature. Like that sounds familiar. <laughs> Day or night. Gnomes America. <laughs> <laughs> or goblins. <laughs> Day or night, the people working there have, an, have no respect for the eardrums of the other species. <laughs> the only difference is the night somehow seems to be louder. Oh. Boom! They have come up with a few marvels, however. A cannon which fires moonlight that... What? A cannon which fires moonlight that strikes with the force of a few dozen orcs. <laughs> a little ball you can throw, and it blinds anyone in the area. Oh, that's a flashbang. flashbang. Did you hear that? It's a chaltzu. <laughs> that one lit up the night sky like daylight along with the loud bang that accompanied it i got no sleep that week (laughs) (laughs) they've even started working on making pieces of the weave physical to work as energy sources for some of their inventions that's cool plus everything's gnome sized (laughs) (laughs) plus everything's gnome sized uh, I hit my head all the time. After several years, the local council informed them that they would need to make accommodations <laughs> for larger folk. Uh, they decided that meant explode a big hole in the wall. Gleefully, <laughs> <laughs> went about their di- uh, their duties. That's funny. Most days without injuries and incidents, it's 28. <laughs> Not even that, seems hi- that seems high. There's a local uh, betting pool uh, to guess when the next incident will occur. Like another that. to guess what the uh, injury will be. So what do you guys think about this? The Deadpool. This definitely yeah. sounds like uh, something that they he thought of while in the shower. Yep. <laughs> Seems fun, though. I like this because this could be something that, I mean, they're not actively trying to hurt people. It's just a side effect of the job, right? Yep. And I think that that could be interesting, especially if the adventurers are hired to go deal with a noise complaint. Um, excuse me, uh, I've recently inherited this land, and I'm having trouble sleeping. So I'm looking for some adventurers to deal with this. You get there? Um, yeah, we're not dealing with that. Have a nice night! <laughs> I would love to see a D&D variation of OSHA. <laughs> that would be just fucking great. Uh, I would like you to know that the explosion range of your fireball is not permitted to be larger than 20 foot radius. I keep picturing, like, a t- <laughs> town 2 that has, like, a guild where just... Everybody's buried in so much legalese. <laughs> they can't do anything. And that's why everyone's spell, Fireball, is never bigger than 20 feet. <laughs> no matter what level they're at. That's funny. Because OSHA doesn't allow it. <laughs> I love it. All right. All up. Do you have a permit for the Fireball? Permit. 
Yep. Another cast magic. You'd be part of the magic guild here in town. Oh my god. <laughs> That's nice. You could drop one of the D6, uh, D6s. It's 8D6, right? Increase the to range. increase the radius, but it's illegal if you get caught. <laughs> I love that. That's 200 gold per per uh, 10 feet radius. Uh, excuse me, sir. That fireball looked particularly large. Uh, how many no, uh, how many feet in its radius do you think it would be? I didn't measure it. It looked about like 20 to me. Did you measure it? <laughs> All right. That'll Holy do it shit. for our encounter. Thank you very much for the submission, Andrew. If you'd like to <laughs> join us and submit your own unearthed tips and tricks, please come join our Discord. You can find a link on our YouTube descriptions or on our website. And our next item, which looks like it also might be from Andrew. The... We have so many edges, so I keep track which edges which. Yeah, right. Uh, but this one is R.I.P. Gilhelm, a.k.a. Eridora Andrew. The Whip of Wild Precision. It requires a two-mint, and, well, it's a whip. Each time you hit with a whip and don't score a critical hit, your crit range increases by one. That'll I like up. that. That'll add up fast. When, your score, when you score a critical hit with this weapon outside of your normal crit range... It triggers a wild magic surge, oh, no. and your crit range decreases by two, up to your natural crit range. Anytime you score a crit hit with this whip, you may make one extra attack. Uh, what uh, rarity is this again? <laughs> um, the whip of wild precision, huh? Okay, so... You crack the saying, whip and it breaks the weave. It's saying that for every attack you don't crit... Is yeah, that being twenty? Next... It's gotta be twenty-one on the next. No, no, 19. or nineteen. Nineteen, and then eighteen, and then seventeen. But every so time it does crit, gonna happen. <laughs> every yeah. time it does crit, you have to roll on the wild magic surge table. <laughs> <laughs> you crack the whip, you crit, you fireball on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is very fun. Yes, but I don't think it's practical. But it is fun. Those usually seem to be on opposite ends of each other. Um, to me, this is interesting because... I think this is good with the right group. Yeah. Just randomly. Something like this can randomly summon unicorns out of nowhere, force somebody to start talking with bubbles spewing out their mouth. You never know what's going to happen. Roll for um, a two, you turn into a pile of petunia plant. <laughs> I do think if I was to make one change to this, I would require attunement by a spellcaster. The reason for that is because as soon as a fighter gets a hold of this, they can attack so many times. You're talking every round having a wild magic surge. And <laughs> I think that could be a problem. Potentially. And yeah. it doesn't say that your crit range for it gets increased by one. It just says it increases by one. So if you got someone who's dual wielding yep. a sword and this whip and they just keep whacking away until it's like, okay, I'm going to get a crit on a 17 or higher. And then, no, so they're then dropping out with the other I would assume they would only work for the whip, though. But yeah, yeah. It, but it's not worded in such a way. So I definitely would reword this probably, but I do I do like it. And I like the idea of spawn. I would limit the wild surges to a number of attempts, <laughs> you know, yeah. per minute or something, right? Yeah. So, um, whips have really low uh, crit, though, or low damage at D4, I think. Looks right? like, yeah, and versus nobody takes whips because they suck, so yeah. this might be a good way to Unless, unless you have picked up either our weapon perks or our soon coming exotic equipment perks, because yeah, in there yeah. we make whips badass. Whip it. We made a lot of stuff badass in the book. <laughs> All right, I think that'll do it for our magic item, the Whip of Wild Precision. Thank you very much, Andrew, for that. Um, a huge shout out um, to everyone. Digital gift cards are now available at CritAcademy.com. So the perfect gift 
for the DM or players. You choose the amount and have it emailed right to the recipient. Perfect for holiday. A uh, gift card for a DM or player is only a click away. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And it really does make for the perfect gift because we have a lot of best-selling content that just makes everyone's D&D adventure better. Yeah, just so. do that. Don't just buy them something you think they'd like because they'll be like, I don't want weapon burgers. Yeah, maybe they want the exotic equipment. <laughs> I want burst. the brother, damn it! What the fuck? Yeah, I suddenly keep telling people, give me cash. For, for gifts because <laughs> you always me keep buying me stuff I don't want <laughs> yeah that's why I just uh, give I some people my Amazon gift wish list yeah. <laughs> alright moving on to our Dungeon Master tip Apex Enemies now there's something that I haven't really done very often and that's making sure that an area is filled with what should be an Apex Predator right something in the area that really sets the power level of the setting, right? Yep. So if you're in a small village at level one, that apex predator might be a displacer beast, right? Or a bear. <laughs> or a bear. <laughs> um, meanwhile, when you're in something like Waterdeep, the apex, or um, yeah, Waterdeep, the apex predator might be Xanathar, right? Who uh, runs the mafia. There. I was thinking of a beast person. He's underneath it, right? In yeah. Water deep. So that sets the tone of the danger level, right? And it kind of sets the. I don't know if you want to use the words power levels, but it gives the characters an understanding and the players of, you know, what the kind of power ceiling is for that area, right? Yeah. Because if it's an apex predator, then it's probably the most powerful thing in that area. Yep. Oh, that's a good point. This made me think of the meme that pointed out where actual biologists point out the physiology of creatures in D&D. And Why? There's a point to this. You know how the Trask is a CR3 creature, right? Mm-hmm. And you know how they're covered in spines, right? Is this a spine thing? Yeah. Biologists point out only prey creatures have spines. So what the hell's hunting a Trask? Exactly. <laughs> Dragons, probably, right? But the CR is lower than the Trask. Are they really? Oh, yeah, it's like a 30. Yeah. Yep. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> what hunts the Trask? Uh, the only exception I knew of was... Uh, gods hunting it for fun. Gods, Bahamut, Platinum Dragon. Yeah, maybe. Uh, anyways, um, it's nice to have uh, give the players a sense of what to um, what an Apex level is. The reason for this, because they will see it evolve over the campaign. So let's say when you first first Fuck start that. playing, the Displacer Beast is the Apex. This is the strong mother. Yeah. And then, you know, you guys hit level 8 and you're fighting four of these things at once. It actually gives you a sense of growth. Where yep. you came from. Um, and this happens a lot in uh, uh, Dark Souls. Yep. Uh, you guys played the Dark Souls games, right? Fucking yeah. In Dark Souls, some <laughs> of the monster bosses just become regular monsters later on. Yeah. Which I think is just a great way to show character growth. And I think we That's can really do that cool. in D&D, too. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Man, a few words over there. And this comes from Jacob Baroque. Yep. That's how he's seen for his last name. It is now! Alright. Do you guys have anything you want to add to this of other benefits to something like this? Uh... If you're in an area, you know the Apex Predator happens to be a red dragon, you shouldn't expect it to be anything other than 
anything larger yeah. than a red dragon in that specific area. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was yeah, kind of touching on, right? It's really cool. Yeah. And and once again, you, you the goal is to show the growth, right, and the power balance that exists in the region. Um, so however big that region is, you know, you mentioned the red dragon. Well, if, you know, what, what is the, the one from, uh, Hobbit? Smog. Smog, right? He's this big, giant, terrifying <laughs> monster that sets the, that sets the tone, tone for what is terrifying in the area. If you really want to be terrifying, you read the Silmarion, you realize, oh, Smog was one of the weaker ones. <laughs> I know that by a huge mile. <laughs> so where the hell are all the other ones? Dead. Oh, and then when he finally does die, there's new predators that come along. They're the other races because they're not scared of him no more. Yeah, you see that in the uh, the anime uh, slime. How I got reincarnated as slime. I need to watch. That looks this is a fun series. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it it was really good. Uh, uh, when Tempest disappeared, or uh, what's his name? Something Tempest. I can't remember. One of the big dragon threats disappears, yep. and now the area that he was keeping his energy was keeping away the predators. They all start to filter in. So, anyways, that'll do it for our Dungeon Master tip. Our player tip of the podcast is... Don't, don't be, be a, a dick. dick! And you can avoid dickitude. Of course you can't. You're going to... <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, you can avoid dickitude by enhancing your tieflings a little bit. You know they're half-bloods? Yes. Yeah. So, so we've talked about that before. So <laughs> apparently this was submitted by somebody on the discord and I couldn't find it. Ooh. So if you're on our discord and this came from you, please let me know. Cause I could not find the original name on the you're blog. Gonna, of Andrew. Hmm? You're going to put a spark. Oh, is it Andrew? Oh, you know what? You're right. Another one from Andrew. Cause I told him I was going to do a bunch anyways. Yeah. So apparently, um, tieflings and their demonic appearance are derived originally from human bloodlines. But they've also been described as a mix of humanoids and something else. So that description implies that it's not just humans, but humanoid creatures. Not just hoodams. Right? So Will O'Connor, the artist that is responsible for designing the tieflings, uh, highlighted that he wanted them to look like a cursed people. Not cursed humans. Yep. Cursed people. Their infernal heritage catches this very well. But humans aren't the only race that can intermingle with creatures of the Nine Hells. Yep. This means that you could have a gnome-based tiefling. <laughs> the fuck? Right? Yep. Imagine how adorable that would be. Perhaps you decide that you're going to have a tabaxi tiefling or an orc tiefling. In any case, this mixture of infernal bloodlines will allow you to play around with the physical appearance of your characters as a tiefling race. I'm pretty sure one of the boss crews we fought in my one fourth edition campaign I was in was basically tiefling, but the other half was dragonborn. That's awesome. <laughs> it's like a dragonborn tiefling. He looks like a straight up demon. Dragonbornling. Yeah. A tiefbornling. A demonic dragon. That was awesome. Either way, <laughs> that's something that we dragon as players flame. can do because it's only flavor, right? Yep. You're yes. not changing any mechanics, just their lineage or race or whatever they're calling it now, right? <laughs> what do you guys think about this? Why not? I want I want to see a gnome tiefling. You want to see a gnome tiefling? I, I do. I think it'd be funny to see an Aarakocra tiefling. An Aarakocra <laughs> tiefling? Well, then you just pick the tiefling, flying tiefling variant. Yeah. It's, but instead of looking humanoid, you'd look like uh, Aarakocra. Aarakocra. With, like, demon horns and tiefling. stuff. 
It's a big crackly tail. It's a rudder. <laughs> what are some I, I think people are really confuse you for an actual monster. Well, they do that with tieflings already, so. Yeah. They have ginormous horns and tails. It's terrifying. You're just, and if your NPCs aren't reacting to these, these common villagers aren't reacting to tieflings, they should be because they are an extremely uncommon race. They should be, anyway. <laughs> well, it says it in the player's handbook. I know. I thought they should be, anyway. So, NPCs should be reacting. But anyways, we're talking about the, the mixing of these, and I think this could add a lot of fun to your game, so please consider it. The idea of having a Goliath tiefling, like, this thing is just a tower mountain. It's going straight for the North Circle of Hell! <laughs> Alright. Oh, you guys I'm over here for lunch. <laughs> you guys want, want to add anything else to this? All right, that'll do it for our player tip of the podcast. Don't be a dick. And you can avoid dickitude by having half-blood tieflings. Yay. (laughs) Half-breed. All right. If if you enjoy the show and you'd like to support us, head on over to CritAcademy.com. Pick up some of our best-selling content. Support us by sharing our content. um, Follow us on social media. Please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash criticademy. We give all kinds of fun rewards and loot to our uh, patrons, so please consider checking it out. That'll do it for our show today. I am your host, Justin. I'm your co-host, Ian. I'm your co-host, Brandon. Thanks for listening. Keep your blades sharp and spells prepared, heroes.